Campsite Media. August 2017, Tina Yauhiainen was standing in a hotel lobby in the Philippines. It's hot, humid, the kind of weather that makes your shirt stick to your back. Tina was probably thinking, what am I doing here? She was just a Finnish Caprera instructor who was in Dubai for its good standard of living. Then she taught Sheikha Latifa, and now that princess needed her help. She basically told me that there is a person um, outside Dubai who is ready to take care of the operation to help her leave. It, it was <laughs> it was quite 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 a strange moment. Hervé Jobert had been working in Dubai making submarines. The business he worked for was a subsidiary of a government-owned conglomerate called Dubai World. But Jobert had problems with this company. They would allege he embezzled, and he would deny that. And so he escaped. Oh, also, Jobert claims he was once a French spy. In a book he wrote about his adventures, Escape from Dubai, he says for his own departure from the country, he was cunning. He dressed like an Emirati woman in a long black robe called an abaya, which covered him from head to toe. He pulled a thin black veil over his face. Using these clothes to hide wasn't unheard of. I mean, Michael Jackson did it when he visited Dubai. Someone spotted him in the women's bathroom with a headscarf on and it was a whole thing. Mohamed kérésére Michael Jackson részt a 2005-ös UAE sivatagi kihívás díjkiosztó ünnepségén is. A veil was the best way to go around Dubai without being questioned or even addressed by another person. It was like being invisible because if you're in a veil, you're a woman. And in some of the Arab world, that means no one cares about what you have to say. From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Infamous. I'm Vanessa Gregoriadis. And I'm Natalie Robomed. This is Dubai's Missing Princesses, Episode 2. So last episode, we heard all about Princess Latifa and her sister Shamsa, who had tried to run away years before Latifa. Right. That seems to have had a really big impact on Latifa. I think the fallout from Shamsa's escape was the catalyst for Latifa's own escape. Yeah, it does seem that way. And now we're going to hear exactly how Latifa escaped. And it's mostly from Tina's perspective. We'll hear what happened after she ran away. So it all began in February 2018 at a cafe in Dubai called La Serre. It's in downtown Dubai, spitting distance from the tallest building in the world. Early one morning, a royal driver drops Latifa and Tina off for breakfast. I can picture the scene around them. Women with designer handbags, sipping lattes. Men in their traditional white robes, dish dashes in Arabic. They're chatting over espressos. First, Latifa strode to the bathroom. She took off her black abaya, applied makeup, and put on sunglasses. As they departed, Latifa left her cell phone behind. She and Tina headed to Muscat, the coastal capital of Oman. It's about a four and a half hour drive. On the way, 
they took some selfies. Then they pulled into the beach. There was a dinghy there that had been waiting for them, and they climbed in. Tina's friend and a personal trainer, he drove the dinghy. They went out about 15 miles into the turquoise sea. Jobert was there. He was waiting with a pair of jet skis. The sea was really rough at that time. So um, it, it's, it's definitely a journey I'm not going to forget ever. You know, being in the middle of the sea, uh, the sun was starting to go down. Several miles later, they reached a yacht that Jobert was piloting. It was named the Nostromo. That's Italian for shipmate, and it's a very popular name for boats. It's also the name of the spaceship in the movie Alien. In 2122, the USCSS Nostromo was on a routine transport run when it picked up a signal of unknown origin in the Zeta Reticuli system. This Nostromo was a white yacht with a navy blue hull and two large masts. Not quite the super yacht that Latifa's father owns. Latifa climbed on board. She was determined to make it out this time. She was not going to be like Shamsa. She was going to get to safety. And her plan? She was going to the grand city on a hill, the place of freedom, the place where Natalie and I both live, the United States. So they set out across the Arabian Sea. They watched movies, sent messages to friends. But were those messages secure? By now, Latifa knew her father would have discovered she was gone, and she worried about what he might do. She got even more worried when they lost touch with the guy who piloted the dinghy. So Latifa sent a very important message, one that might save her life. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Dead Ringers, a thrilling new series exclusively on Prime Video. Rachel Weisz stars as identical twins Beverly and Elliot Mantle, wildly successful doctors who share everything with a desire to do whatever it takes in an effort to reinvent women's healthcare. Don't miss Dead Ringers. Watch now on Prime Video. Said five years after Jedi Fallen Order, Follow Cal Kestis in his increasingly desperate fight in the new video game, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. No longer a Padawan, Cal has grown into a powerful Jedi Knight. As the memories and expectations of the Jedi Order weigh on him, his crusade against the Empire has only become more perilous. But how far is he willing to go to save those closest to him? Star Wars Jedi Survivor is available on April 28th and is rated T for Teen. You're listening to Infamous from Campside Media. So Latifa and Tina were on this boat, on their way to America, but sailing towards India. But they weren't alone. There was some sort of small plane circling around us. We had been followed by a small boat for three days. The atmosphere in the boat was obviously quite tense. It turned out that Sheikh Mo's office had reportedly gotten in touch with an FBI agent at the U.S. consulate in Dubai. According to USA Today, he asked for their help in locating Latifa. He told them the princess had been kidnapped and she needed urgent assistance. So this FBI agent pulled data from the boat's internet provider and they gave it to Dubai officials. 
At this time, the UAE government was also believed to be a client of the NSO Group, a cyber intelligence technology firm and creators of a spyware tool called Pegasus, which can secretly hack and extract data from people's phones. At this point, Latifa and Tina were off the coast of Goa. That's a resort town in India that's very popular with young people, full of dance clubs. This whole life that Latifa wanted was almost there to touch. But for now, Tina and Latifa were still below deck in their room. Then they heard a noise. We heard what sounded like gunshots from the upper deck. The cabin began filling with smoke, and they could barely see anything. They struggled up the stairs to the deck. They were staggering from coughing so hard. Finally saw was there Indian commandos dressed in, in, in black gear, obviously. Um, at multiple laser sights pointing at me. It was unreal. I, I sort of switched off. It's almost like I, I, I wasn't there anymore. It was beyond understanding what was happening. You know, we were so close to India and all of a sudden the, the boat is filled with these very aggressive men who are threatening to shoot my brain out. They are obviously looking for Latifa. These men were from the Indian Special Forces. One of them boarded the boat, tied Tina's hands behind her back, and dragged her to the deck. The men kept shouting, asking who Latifa was, and Latifa just kept repeating over and over, I am seeking political asylum. I am seeking political asylum. But the men just dragged her away, kicking and screaming. Tina heard her say something. She was telling them to rather shoot her there than take her back to Dubai. Tina watched on in fear as Latifa was carried away by the men. Guards looted the boat, taking electronics and even Tina's makeup. I was told that I could jump off the boat as well if I wanted to end my life in an easier way. Tina was left on the Nostromo with the crew and the guy who had coordinated this entire escape, Hervé Jobert. Jobert, by the way, responded to some questions from us, but declined to be interviewed for this series. At some point, Tina says she noticed there were UAE soldiers on the boat. It seemed to her that India was allowing them to be here, just turning a blind eye. An Indian news outlet even reported that Sheikh Mo had called Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi about the situation. The two countries had a relationship. I mean, India had many, many citizens working in Dubai, building all those huge skyscrapers. Tina says that the UAE soldiers had access to two large helicopters. And now Latifa was getting hustled away. The helicopters disappeared into the air. The Nostromo began to move. Once the boat reached the UAE, Tina says she and the rest of the crew were blindfolded, cuffed, and transported to the middle of the desert. There was a secret prison there. The interrogation began immediately. I was asked, why did I stab the ruler of Dubai in the back by aiding his daughter to escape uh, Dubai? I was basically threatened with death penalty or life sentence. As the men pressed Tina, she had the sense that these men thought it was all a plot. 
she was somehow involved in kidnapping Latifah to extort money from Sheikh Mohammed. They were trying to find out was the, the bigger plan, who was behind it all. You know, so whenever I said all I wanted to do is to help my friend to lead an independent life outside Dubai, they were just laughing and they said, you are lying. And, and because of your lies, we, we are going to kill you or you're never going to see your family again. The interrogators questioned Tina for hours that night and then again for days. She was being treated like an accomplice. I was thinking I should have told my family, I should have told some of my friends. At one point, I thought I'm never going to get out from here. And she might not have if it wasn't for a very clever trick by Latifa. Before she'd escaped, Latifa had recorded a video of herself. She was in Tina's apartment telling her entire story to the camera. So the audio you've been hearing from Latifa, that's where we got it. But the world hadn't seen this video yet. He's the most evil person I've ever met in my life. While she was on the boat, Latifa got the video into the hands of a group that aimed to help people who had been wrongly imprisoned. I'm sure all your listeners have got emails from Major General, whatever it may be, in Nigeria, who's got £60 million in a bank account somewhere and needs your bank account details. David Haig is a businessman turned human rights advocate. Um, it was similar to that. It was, I am the daughter of the ruler of Dubai, and I've escaped and I need your help. And I remember talking to a colleague at the time when this email came through and saying, this is a, this is, this is a hoax, this can't be real. And now this video was on YouTube. It was visible to the entire world, and the world noticed. My name is Louise Callahan, and I'm the Middle East correspondent for the Sunday Times of London. Louise was in a cafe in Beirut when she clicked on the video. If you are watching this video, it's not such a good thing. I remember I was watching it on, on my phone, and at first I just thought it was a hoax. All my father cares about is his reputation. He will kill people. Especially if you're a female, your life is so disposable. They don't care. Royal families, particularly in the Arab world, are not interested in having people poke about in their personal affairs. The idea of someone in the family coming out and saying something like this, it was just unimaginable. Completely. We, we'd never heard anything like that before. In her video, Latifa warned that her father would try to discredit her. She made it clear that she is actually just one of three of the sheikh's daughters who are named Latifa, and that the royal family might point to one of her other sisters and say, see, Latifa is fine. And I think, to be honest, to me, that really speaks to how some of the women in the family are seen. They could be kind of interchangeable Louise watched, glued to her screen. The impression that I got is that she just sounds desperate to be believed. But she really sounds like she's been gaslit for just an incredibly long time and is trying to forestall the claims that her family is going to make about her when she escapes or when the video comes out. Before turning off the recording, Latifa had a final message for her father. I think it's time that he faces the consequences of all the things that he's done in his life. He will. 
He will definitely face the consequences, no matter what he does to me. Look, when Shamsa escaped, it was so long ago, a turn of the 21st century. Cell phones with cameras weren't readily available. The internet was in its infancy. There was no Twitter or Facebook. Not that many people even heard what happened with Shamsa. But this time would be different. More after the break. This episode is brought to you by United Airlines. What's new with United? Well, two new planes a week, that's what. But what does that mean? It means new and redesigned planes with things like larger overhead bins with room for everyone's roller bag, power outlets at every seat, screens at every seat, and the ability to connect your Bluetooth headphones to those screens. Plan your trip today at united.com or on their award-winning app. This amount is an estimated average of current aircraft delivery schedules. Final delivery schedule subject to change. Swimming is a great way to exercise and spend time with family and friends. Always swim with a buddy, keep an eye on children, and be prepared in an emergency if there is no lifeguard on duty. The next time you go to the pool, be water smart and know where the safety equipment is located. Complete the Ohio Department of Health Safety Equipment scavenger hunt and learn more about pool safety at odh.ohio.gov swim. Have a safe swim. This is Infamous from Campside Media. So that video that Latifa made, it went viral. It made news across the world. The more details started coming out, um, then I think the reaction was just one of absolute shock. The idea that he, he could have done this, that Sheikh Mohammed ordered a bunch of Emirati commandos and Indian commandos to go and pluck her right off it and then just brought her home. Soon, a UN committee demanded something. They wanted Dubai to prove that Latifa was alive. And some of Latifa's skydiving friends even flew a banner over the 2018 Kentucky Derby. It said, Dubai, where is Princess Latifa? Now, Tina and the rest of the crew members were released from jail, but Latifa hadn't been heard from. The whole situation was really confusing. Many in the Arab world couldn't believe that the sheikh would treat his own daughter with such apparent cruelty. And it didn't help that rumors started circulating about the captain of the yacht, Hervé Jobert. He did not have a proper plan. You know, um, there was a boat following us. There was all those planes above us. So by the time we were uh, just off the Uh, coast of Goa, India. We had also run out of um, fuel. In May 2018, the Delhi Beast ran an article that claimed that Latifa's escape was a highly orchestrated extortion plot between Latifa and Jobert. The story's only on-the-record source? Hervé's ex-wife. The whole plan was for Hervé to help her escape. And once he got her out, the daughter was going to get to the dad and say, I want $3 million or else I'll tell all to the media. It was a con. It was a corrupt scheme gone haywire. By the way, this has never been proven, and Jobert denied all the allegations in the article. And to us, this is what he said. Why would you give credit to a former bitter ex-wife who knew nothing about this operation? This ransom demand has been refuted in high court already, and it does not make sense. Latifa did not want to go back. So ransom, for what? For her to be returned? 
nonsense. He was assuring us that he was capable of of getting her into safety. But none of that obviously happened. Louise remembers there were so many different stories swirling. There's been this kind of constant battle of narratives going on between between Hervé and other people around Atifa. But Sheikh Mo, through the whole ordeal, was silent. And remember, he didn't respond to our questions either. The initial response was nothing from the royal family. At first, they just didn't say anything at all. But Sheikh Mo wouldn't stay silent forever. Or, at least, an emissary of his would speak out. And then, this story would take an even stranger turn. Next week on Infamous. She's troubled. She made a video that she now regrets. If I thought for a single second that any shred of this was true, I wouldn't put up with it or stand for it. It was all a setup. They tricked me. Infamous is created and executive produced by Gabriel Sherman and me, Vanessa Gregoriadis. This episode was co-hosted by Natalie Rovamed, who wrote it with Heather Schroering. Producing by Heather Schroering, Natalia Winkleman, Lily Houston-Smith, and Grace Heerman. Princess Latifa and Sheikh Mohammed did not comment for this series. Shoshi Shmolovitz is our managing producer and editor. Sound design by David Devereaux. Recording by Ewan Lai Tremuin. And fact-checking by Matt Giles. Voices by Rajiv Gola and Lily Houston-Smith. Campside Media's executive producers are Josh Dean, Adam Hoff, Matt Scher, and myself. Campside Media's operations team is Doug Slaywin, Ashley Warren, and Destiny Dingle. If you're enjoying Infamous, please rate and review the show. It helps us more than you know. 